You are listening to Mountain Bike Radio. Hello and welcome to Mountain Bike Radio's stage four, or wait, uh, Five. it is, uh, crap, uh, let's just start over. Hello and welcome to Mountain Bike Radio's Pisgah Stage Race Update. This is the fifth stage report and final stage report from the week. We will be doing some more interviews a little bit later today. But this is going to be my recap of how my race went today. Uh, give you a quick little rundown. We had a 25-mile race with 3,200 feet of climbing. And really, you could say that most of the climbing happened in the first four. Eh, well, anyway, that doesn't really matter. Um, it was hard. It was really fast. It started really fast. Um, it was a point-to-point race again today, so we got shuttled out. And everything went real smooth. You know, they got all of our bikes out there well. Everything went well. We got to ride on the bus, which is kind of a fun fun thing. You know, you don't normally sit and talk with strangers for half an hour. It's just a real cool bonding experience. Um, but we proceeded to get out of the bus and warm up very little and then go really fast. Um, it turned out to be a really, really fast start for the day. Um, it sounds like the men's leaders went uphill at like 22 miles an hour for a hot minute. Well, you guys had a, what, from 3,500 feet to 5,000, or like 4,500? I mean, you had about 1,000 feet of climbing to just open the race. Uh, yeah, and that happened in about a mile and a quarter, a mile and a half. Or no, sorry, two and a half miles. two miles, yeah. So, I mean, it was balls to the walls. Um, one of the guys that I was really, and what you did is a big gravel to, um, ascent up to Farlow Gap, the hardest descent of the day, but it was not the enduro of the day. It was, it was arguably too hard to be an enduro for a, an endurance event. Um, so, this guy that was on, I, I had a guy four minutes back, and he got away up that climb, and I was like, oh crap, I gotta chase this dude. So I laid chase, but I tried to do it at my own pace because later on there was going to be a really long. Um, not so steep but just a very long seven mile yeah seven sorry a a very steady and um, trying double track climb and it was going to be one of those climbs that was very easy to sort of get lured into going too slow on so I went really easy up the gravel relatively speaking I mean I could have went harder but I tried going at a pretty reasonable pace Um, actually went uphill with uh, uh, the women's leader for a while um, and did my best to follow her down Farlow Gap because she's semi-local. She's um, a really good descender. And she's a very good descender. Um, and it was kind of funny. At one point, I, I made the comment that we had a little a little Knox Composites train going because there was four little Knox XCR29 rims rolling in a row. And then at some point, the person in front of that we were catching very quickly, the person in front of Casey dabbed. So Casey dabbed. And I said, riding, and never saw her again. Um, I, Someone along the descent yelled, get him, Matt. And I had no idea who it was. I did not realize at the time it was the person that I was chasing. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> so from about mile four, I had already passed the guy that I really needed to watch out for. And then I spent the rest of the day cussing, going, oh, God. I haven't caught him. Like, so I got all the way down Farlow Gap and Daniel Ridge to the first aid station, and I was like, I haven't caught him yet. 
And I was really laying it out and taking big chances, riding hard stuff. I mean, because I knew that I could descend better than this guy. And I just, like, in my mind, I'm like, dude, he is laying it out. He is, like, on another level, like, really wants to crack the top ten. Is it that guy that we been kind of talking to that was behind you before? Yes. Okay. I know who you're talking about now. So, like, I start this gravel, like, this two-track climb, and so at the bottom of it, I ate a a, a gel that had 200 milligrams of caffeine. That's 100. That's 100 milligrams of caffeine. Yeah. And then, not too long later, I ate another gel that has some caffeine in it. And then, right... Right before I was going to go into the single track, when you hit single track, you pedal for a little bit, maybe just like a three quarters of a mile. Um, it's not really what it shows here on the on the chart, but that's kind of how it turned out to be. And then you descended Bracken Mountain, which is machine built flow trail. It's like the one flow trail of the week. And when you dump off of Bracken, you come off onto a gravel road, you descend the gravel road into the parking lot and sprint through the parking lot. So, I'm like pounding gels all the way up, um, Forest Service 475, like, I'm thinking, man, I gotta catch Mike, I gotta catch Mike, I just gotta catch him. Like, I hadn't seen anyone else that had been, like, on my radar, I had dropped them coming down Farlow Gap, or, like, really going up into Farlow Gap, I had gotten rid of them, and just, like, I was just hammered down, like, all the way up Forest Road 475, which was the long double track, like, my average power for the day was just clicking up, and I was, like, really watching my power meter and, like, really, like, and it, I was, like, pacing myself as hard as I could, like, thinking to myself, you can go this hard, you can go this hard, you can go this hard, like, go, 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 and I, like, really was pounding in the gels and stuff because I knew once I hit Bracken Mountain, I was going to have, they were thinking that the, the men's leaders would do that descent in about 25 minutes. Um, it, it was a five-mile enduro, 5.34 miles, with 1,400 feet of descent and about 300 feet of climbing. Um, so I went into the enduro, like, totally pinned. I was like, this is my only chance to catch this dude. And with it being flow trail, it rode just like a BMX track. So I just, like, pumped and manualed, like, either pumped all the single rollers or if there were, like, two rollers, I would, like, four rollers, I might, like, pump, manual the middle two, pump the last one so I could break into the corner, like, I mean, I just absolutely, positively laid it all out coming down Bracken Mountain. And when I hit the first road descent, like the gravel descent, I just, like, I was totally pinned. I put it in the 30-11, like, my, I'm running 1 by 10, so it was already in the 30. But I put it in the 11 and spun it out going downhill, nearly slid off in the ditch going around a corner, like, put my foot back in, hammered again, like, all the way down, came spraying across the line, and I'm like, kind of looking around, I'm not seeing the guy, I'm like, like, but people are already milling off, and I'm like, if he's not still at the finish line, he just absolutely destroyed me, I'm like, great, this dude put in, like, the climb of his life, up both the big climbs, and just, like, you know, went fast enough down, like, he, he made it up Farlow, up to the top of Farlow, so he could get down, and then, like, get over to Bracken Mountain before me and then just, like, get down and get across before me. Like, I thought he had just, like, put enough time into me on every climb. And I was, I was bummed. I was like, man, I really wanted to, like, crack the top ten here. And, like, ten minutes later, he rolls across the line. He's like, hey, good job today. And I'm like, woo, woo. And he's like, did you not realize I was yelling at you as you passed me in Farlow? And I was like, <laughs> no. Yeah, so, so let me interject here. 
Today, I started, um, I, I got my own shuttle um, with Todd, the race director, out to about mid-course at the fish hatchery. He dropped me off there, and I rode kind of the easier part of the course, um, up Forest Service Road 475 and just to the top of Bracken Mountain. And I took some uh, whiskey up there with me. And some little cups, and I handed out whiskey shots before, just before the enduro. Uh, and Matt came rolling up, and I was like, "Here's some whiskey." And he's like, "Fuck off! Where's the guy on the salsa?" Like, I mean, he actually yelled "fuck off" at me, and then, and, and I was like, "I have no idea. I don't know what salsa you're talking about, and I haven't been paying attention to bikes." And he was already gone by then. So, yeah, that was. That was in race intensity, Matt. <laughs> At this point, I <laughs> did not gotta, want any whiskey. You got to remember, in like six miles, I'd had like nearly three goos. You'd had uh, like two hundred milligrams of caffeine. Well, those mint chocolate—they're um, like thirty-five a piece or something. Yeah, so I'd had like two fifty caffeine by this point, <laughs> and I mean it was a hard race, and like I definitely put in a bunch of calories today in a, a short amount of time in order to make that happen. I mean. For those of you that have been listening along, I mean, obviously, um, the race had its up and downs, and I can really say that the only things about the entire Pisgah stage race that I did not enjoy were things that were acts of God. Um, I got stung by a yellow jacket on two different days, but I mean, it's when you're covering 140 miles of single track in the woods, like, what do you really expect? Like, we saw a white squirrel this morning. Well, no, I mean, but I'm just saying, like, things that didn't go great about the race, like being stung by a yellow jacket, like, that's just, that's an inherent risk of spending, what, like, I spent 15 or 20 hours, whatever it is, in the woods this week, and that's just going to happen. You're going to encounter, like, to say that I I encountered two yellow jackets in 140 miles of, of National Forest is a little bit... That's a pretty good record. Well, I'd say it's almost whiny if I say that's a problem. Um, You didn't like the hike bike. Well, I didn't like the hike away, but it was wet, and that's another act of God. It had rained. I mean, you can't control the rain. If it wasn't wet, I wouldn't have liked it, or I wouldn't have had such a problem. And honestly, I mean, while we're on that topic, I, I wasn't going to really say anything negative about anything, but uh, my shoes, the the shoes that I have are really awful. They're CDs, and they don't do well for hike away. I think the rubber on the bottom is too hard. Yeah, it's kind of plasticky. And I don't think it has enough rubber. Like, the new Pearl Azumi shoes have that rubber in the... Like, what would be, like, your arch area, like the midfoot? Yeah, the Mavic's got that, too. And there's just none of that. It's, like, hard plastic, so I was, like, slipping around and shit. But, I mean, that's that's my problem. That's my equipment problem. Um, you know, it's not like that, again, if, if I should have known that coming to a race that was, you know, 20,000, 23,000 or some number of feet of climbing and 140 miles, I should have expected to push my bike. And um, the CD shoes don't have any armoring on the toe box. So I stubbed the toe, my big toe, on my right foot like seven times this week. But it's only because those shoes are that like supple Italian leather. So like you sneeze at a rock and that rock rolls like down in a slight incline into your toe. It's going to hurt your toe. I mean, again, it's it's not really a Pisgah problem. It's like a Matt didn't bring Pisgah shoes problem. Um, and uh, I mean, really, that's it. Like, But yeah, you had a great race. I could have used a little bit easier gear sometimes. Like I, I feel like almost a double would have been really nice. But the flip side is my chain didn't derail a single time all week. I used an 
an XTR rear derailleur with a wolf tooth components chain ring and I didn't lose a chain a single time all week. Um, I used their 30, that 3-0, um, 30 tooth chain ring and I, I never lost a chain. Um, let's see, um, I rode Knox Composites wheels and I absolutely positively raged on them and they're still not out of true. Um, I haven't trued them yet and I don't think I'm ever going to have to. Um, and let's see, what else? I mean, I had a dropper post, which made a huge difference, but I guess what I'm getting at is, like, this has been a really fun event, and it's obvious that the the company that puts it on, Blue Ridge Adventures, they are a professional event company. I was talking to somebody today, they're up to 13 events every year, so that's more than one a month. Like, they're really practiced on this. Um, we went by Sycamore Cycles. They're, they sponsored the race, and I wanted to go by there and kind of, thank them they had been out on course and providing great support they had a mechanic at the aid stations every day um the only thing that i needed the mechanic to do was pick up my trash the first day he told me just throw your trash on the ground i'll pick it up and i threw my trash on the ground every time i passed the aid station because they would just pick it up and it wouldn't fall out of my pocket out in their forest so um, i wanted to thank them for that and i told him how well the course was marked and um joey uh, an employee there that the guy was like well you need to thank Joey because he's actually marking the course so I thank the guy and, and what Joey told me is they get on their bike like let's just for argument's sake they just tied out a course marking on a little branch on the side of the fire road they get on their bike and start riding they count to 60 they stop and tie another little flag on the branch oh that's a good idea so that tells you how much course marking there is. I mean, I know I said there, I made the joke, there was like a thousand miles of course tape on a 30 mile trail, but it really is great. I mean, and if you want a good experience and you want a good stage race and you want to come out and have a, a fun time and, you know, they're very right. They said that this is a race that you can race. It's not a survival of like, oh my God, I hope I can finish. But, you know, I would even say that I understand my fitness is better than a lot of people's, but I didn't really feel like I had stage race fitness, and just with some, some careful pacing, I was able to come out, and and what I felt like was really race days three, four, and five, because the days didn't just bury me, so um, for everyone involved, I just would like to thank them here on the radio, because it was a really great time, and it was a really great experience, and on and off the bike, everyone's been very nice, and it's been a, a I didn't have a single angry pass all week. I didn't have to pass anyone angrily all week. Like It's just been a great time. So if you can fit this into your calendar, I would really, really suggest it. Um, or any of the other 13 uh, Blue Ridge Adventures events because I'm sure they run just as well with yeah, just are. as much course marking and local knowledge and everything. And if you really wanted to get like just, just a tip, like you wanted to like – just, just kind of see how it feels, like just a little bit, instead of like diving into the whole thing, like just a little bit. Um, coming up in November, they have two events on the same weekend. It's November eighth and 9th. They have the couch potato, which no, is a, it's the weekend before that, because my enduro thing is the eighth and ninth. Oh, okay, so it's going to be the first weekend in November, yeah. which would be the first and second, uh, I believe. You might want to fact check that at BlueRidgeAdventures.net, but they have the swank. And couch potato coming up. The they're on different days, and the only difference is one day uh, does not go. The couch potato does not go over Farlow, and the swank does. So the couch potato is 
just that you're supposed to be able to come off the couch and race it. And the swank is the little bit meatier, little gnarlier race, and you'll get to go down Farlow Gap, which I did today. Um, something I'm really proud of today that I, I was able to do. Um, I was descending Farlow Gap, and there was a rock about the size of a queen bed. And that rock was going downhill at like a 35-degree angle probably. And that rock stopped about as high as your bed off the ground. So probably like two and a half feet off the ground. But there was a big arrow painted on that rock. And like... <laughs> you just trusted the arrow? I knew that they wouldn't paint an arrow on that rock if you couldn't just... <laughs> if there's just... like a tiger trap at the bottom? Exactly. <laughs> or if there was like a gaggle of white squirrels waiting to attack me after I dropped off that. So I just like pinned it, leaned back, and like totally killed it off this big rock. Just because... You know, they had marked it, and they, sh- and after the a week of racing and trusting the course tape and knowing that everything was good, I knew that that big white arrow on that rock meant, pennant, bro, you got it. You know, and like, <laughs> it was just a really, uh, it's little things like that that bring forward a, a really good experience. Every day we had people in costumes directing us on course, and it's not that they were in costumes, but that they are happy enough about what they're doing to be dressed up and making fun of it, making fun of everything that we're we're doing to help us not get too, like, jazzed up, you know? And I think that... Don't take yourself too seriously. Exactly. So, um, really do check out some of their events in the future. I mean, they're really good, and they, they really know what they're doing. So, if it fits in your schedule, do it. If you have family out here, use that as an excuse to visit them, because it's it's a, it's a really good or time. Or just come and visit, like, show up at Dickie's front door. Um, I heard he likes that. I don't think... I think you have to be a four-legged creature to just show up well, at just Dickie's door. S- stand on your hands and knees and act like a dog that needs to be adopted, and Dickie will take you in and treat you as his own. All right. Well, um, I'm going to try to take a nap before we go to the awards and do some more interviews. We're going to try to talk to the single speed winner, um, the 40-plus guys again, and... Uh, the Fuck Cancer team. Yeah, we have a real special team. Uh of uh, John Vip and another guy named Dave. They're here from California, and uh, Dave is actively fighting leukemia and doing this race. So uh, if you had any doubts that you yeah, can't you, do you it, have no excuse. you have no excuses. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening along, and we will get you some more interviews this evening. And unfortunately, there won't be a tomorrow. Mm-hmm.